Seattle in the 90s. A tidal wave of iconic music roars out of this sleepy city and launches a pop culture revolution. Here's a story you haven't heard. Let the Kids Dance is a new podcast about the rise and fall of Seattle's teen dance ordinance, the law that made it illegal for young people to go to concerts. Listen to Let the Kids Dance from KUOW and the NPR Network. This is Sound and Vision on KEXP. I'm Emily Fox. Our favorite fringe-masked gay cowboy, Orville Peck, has released the final chapter in his latest record, Bronco. The 15-track album was released in three chapters. Chapter 1 was released in February, Chapter 2 in March, and the final chapter dropped on Friday. I caught up with Orville Peck to talk about his beautifully crafted record that came together after overcoming his struggles with mental health during the pandemic. Some of these songs on this record seem to kind of tell this imaginary tale of life as a as a cowboy. Like I'm thinking of the song Kalahari Down, which is just so epic sonically. Like it starts with this harmonica opening and then you get like the string instruments in there that come in and then this ballad that you're singing that could almost be placed like right into a musical. It's just so theatrical, everything about that track. Where do we go? if you feel like it's easier to write songs set in perhaps a fictional place versus writing a song that feels more literal to your life? Well, the the irony is that that song is biographical because it's about my childhood in South Africa. So it's actually not fictional at all. No way! Yeah, I don't really write fiction, to be honest. In my whole career, I've written two songs out of all of my releases that are not based on something to do with my life or directly based on, you know, biographical stories of my life. So on Pony, Kansas Remembers Me Now is about, you know, well, I won't say, I don't like to say, but it's about a, it's about a (laughs) book. And actually the irony of that is that the book is actually based on, on real life. So it's kind of not fictional either, (laughs) but then the only song on Bronco that is like semi-fictional is Lafayette which is kind of about this sort of fictional relationship. You know, I recall somebody saying there ain't no cowboys left. They ain't met me. They ain't met you, Lafayette. But Kalahari Down is not fictional or imaginary at all. That's literally about my childhood in South Africa. That's what the song's about. I was born in the Badlands, honey Strange place for a boy to drown Spend my days on a mountain, baby Twelve miles north of Sofia town So you start off saying you are born in the Badlands. Were you actually born in the Badlands? Well, yeah, the Badlands of, you know, South Africa, which is the, the, mountain, the mountain regions of Johannesburg, and that's where I grew up. And Sofia town is you know, where my grandmother was from. And I mean, it's all, it's all, <laughs> it's all, it's all biographical. Yeah. That's so fascinating. So how much of your life were you living in South Africa? Till I was 15. Oh, wow. I mean, that's such a musical place within itself. I'm curious how that shaped you musically. Definitely. I mean, I grew up listening to, you know, some of my favorite artists as a kid were like Miriam Makeba. <laughs> Masakela. 
Yvonne Chaka Chaka. You know, like I grew up listening to lots of South African music, of course, and that's why actually that song I mentioned before, Lafayette, musically, that song is my kind of like Marabi country song. So it's inspired by South African Marabi music, which is kind of like our version of like South African folk music, essentially from the 60s and 70s. You know, fam- made famous by someone like Paul Simon with Graceland or whatever. You said the only track that might be fictional was about a fictional relationship, but I'm just thinking about some of these other tracks that came up, like you talk about the man in Denver from the song Out of Time. Met a man in Denver, bottleneck and some old blue jeans. Or Big Blonde from Daytona Sand. So I come on, Big Blonde. I think I could have been your man. And then there's the song, Any Turn, that really feels biographical about life as a touring musician. And I'm crying all night about a guy with another guy waiting for me around the back every time no go next show. Tell me more about Any Turn. Uh, well, Any Turn is, uh, we used to call it tour song. Yeah, it's just about life on the road. And I wanted to bring back the, the tradition of what are called patter songs, you know, very famously, I've been everywhere, of course, is one of them. I've been everywhere. I've been to Reno, Chicago, Fargo, Minnesota, Buffalo, Toronto, Winslow, Sarasota, Wichita, Tulsa. REM did a very famous one, you know, End of the World as we know it. And there's also We Didn't Start the Fire. There's like a few in the canon of, you know, musical history that there are these really fast lyric songs. And uh, I just wanted to do my version of that. And so I kind of was thinking, like, what can I get the most information in about in a song like this and make it feel like manic and frantic. And it's, you know, I was like, well, of course, tour. So it's funny because every single word in that song is a reference to something that's either an inside joke or a mishap or a crazy story from something that we've all done on tour. So that whole song is kind of like a big homage to my band and all of us and all of our crazy antics on tour. So yeah, every single word is a reference to a memory, basically. You didn't pick it up, dropping off, dropping out nights, shrills, old tales, next day, underpaid, no flight, can't write, same songs, new night, Duncan's in the can again, I'm crying all night, about a guy with another guy waiting for me around the back, every time, no go, next show. Listening to this album, I mean, it's so, it's theatrical and cinematic at the same time, and I'm curious if this album was a film, what would be the overall story arc that you're telling? I think just about, you know, I finally got to a place in my life after COVID. Well, I got to a really terrible, dark place. I was deeply, deeply depressed and almost quit music when COVID hit. Because, you know, I stopped working and stopped touring. And I, 
like so many of us, I guess I realized that I'd been escaping into my routine and my busy lifestyle. And I looked at my personal life and it was, you know, a nightmare. And I looked at the fact that I was feeling so lost. And when I came out of that and started writing Bronco, it was like this big catharsis. And the reason I called it Bronco is because the album in general, I got to a point when I finally wrote everything that I was so happy with it and felt like it was therapy for me that I didn't really care for the first time in my life about what anybody was going to think of it. And I just was so in love with it that I, I wasn't really thinking about anything but myself what to do with it really, which is why I called it Bronco because it felt like this big liberation for me of sorts on a personal level and a career level and everything. So I guess the overarching story would be just kind of this liberating, untamed, radical self-acceptance where, you know, you just like kick down the gate and try and stomp through this world, just being yourself and being really proud of it and happy with it. And that's kind of where, where I'm at now and where I got to writing this album. I'm thinking about this particular line that's in your song, Trample Out the Days, where you talk about spending it all on masquerades, Mm -hmm. um, which I feel like is very fitting for you. I mean, obviously, you're well known for always wearing a mask. Usually it has like fringe coming down the front of it. And I was reading through interviews. And at one point you said, um, this is quoting you. It says, until I put on the mask, I'd never felt so exposed, almost naked on stage. It allowed me to be far more sincere, to stop trying to be something I wasn't. You know, and, and I think some people can think of like a mask putting on a persona. But for you, it seems like putting on a mask allows you to be authentically yourself. Tell me more about that. Yeah, I mean, I think it just allowed me the space and the kind of dropped the insecurity that we all have of, you know, whatever, not to get too kind of philosophical about it, but I mean, it's true. You know, I think, I think we all walk around every day wearing masks you know, it sounds like such a cliche, but when I'm, you know, when I'm just like walking around going to the grocery store, I'm obviously not wearing my mask, but I feel like I'm probably wearing some sort of mask and I'm, you know, I wouldn't say that I grew up someone that felt very, I didn't feel like it was very easy for me to be vulnerable or talk about my feelings that much or feel like I was totally confident in who I was. And then putting on the mask, it just kind of allowed me to feel like I could be exposed. I know it sounds ridiculous, but there is kind of like a a philosophy in it, I suppose. But it's funny because now I don't even think about the mask at all. And I forget that I even wear it, you know, and it's like, <laughs> and the interesting thing is that line you brought up is I spent it all on masquerades. That song is actually about this new mask that I found that I was wearing during the end of, uh, you know, that song's kind of about um, resentment where towards the end of touring right before everything got canceled, when I just, you know, I'd, I'd gone into just this insane overdrive of touring and working and all these insane opportunities were coming my way. And I just, I had no space for myself. And I, you know, I was just running on empty and I I feel like I was waking up and just kind of checked out. Like I would just put on a different kind of mask, you know, like I was just like putting on like a brave face and yeah, sort of running on empty and just feeling like I was 
worn out, run down, not connected. And then I got to kind of gather myself back up during COVID and during the pandemic to a more, I suppose, authentic place that I was starting to drift out of just because I was working so hard and kind of running from my problems by working so hard. sounds like while the idea of COVID hitting, you're like, oh no, this everything that I have is put on halt. And after that, being on overdrive, touring a lot, that's got to be a hard come down. But it almost seems like it was a really almost needed reset for you. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I don't even, I re- it kind of saved my life in a lot. I mean, not even kind of, it, it literally saved my life. I mean, I don't know. I definitely made me want to carry on making music and I was at a point where I was so exhausted and I I had neglected all the other areas of my life um, as so many of us do I don't even think it's just a, a musician thing or an artist thing you know like so many times we find that we put all of our eggs in one basket if you want to say and like when that basket's taken away it's like well now I got no eggs left you know <laughs> so it's like <laughs> for me that's really what happened is I, I suddenly was like presented with all these other areas of my life that I hadn't been taken care of or in touch with. And I was just, I felt like I had nothing, you know, and I, I realized that I had been doing that to myself. So yeah, it was an, it was an essential reset for me. I mean, of course it was this awful thing we all lived through, but you know, for me, it really saved my life in this crazy way. Mm. What do you feel like you're more connected with today that you feel like you weren't before the pandemic? I think my confidence as a person, I think my happiness as a person and finding a way in my, you know, almost mid thirties now to, to finally be proud of myself, to encourage myself, to be gentle and kind with myself. You know, I'm, I'm someone who grew up, I was really bullied when I was young and I was really lonely and I, I was just always a kind of a weirdo and an outsider. And I think for many, many years, I carried that trauma and that baggage with me. And even when I had tons of people surrounding me and this and that and success and the people at my show and all that stuff suddenly I was finding that because other people weren't doing that to me any longer I was doing it to myself you know and I'm not encouraging myself or being kind to myself and kind of bullying myself and putting so much pressure to perform and to meet other people's expectations it just it became really difficult you know and so now I think I'm definitely more in touch with that I definitely have a, a, a way better balance of a personal life, which is something I never really had much of for, for, for many, many years. I have a home now, you know, like I didn't have that for many years. I was always just on the road. Uh, I love being at home. I love being settled. Just reevaluating priorities and finding a better balance in my life. Of, and it's it's funny because one feeds the other, where now I feel like I'm making really 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 sincere music i feel like it's, it's it feeds my soul a lot better i go on tour and i feel like i'm connected to the shows in a better way it's just better for everybody <laughs> i love that i'm curious to go out if you have a, a favorite song on 
on this record. And maybe if you can't choose a favorite, because it's like choosing your kids or something like that, if there is a story that you're telling on this record that you love, that you want to share, because I would like you to pick a song that we go out on. I'm curious if you can kind of tell a backstory of that song before we play it. Yeah, I think my favorite song on the album is probably Hexy Mountains. It's the last song I wrote for Bronco. And lyrically, it is, uh, it's about kind of an unconsolable longing for something. So for me, as an escapist and someone who kind of ran away from my problems my whole life and moved around my whole life, no matter what's going on in my life, how much success I have, how much happiness I have, how many people I have around me, there's always like this whisper in the back of my head, you know, kind of saying like, run away, move away, start over, go move to the Hexy Mountains, like you'll be happier there. And I think, I think we can all relate to that, like that kind of longing pipe dream that's kind of knocking away at the back of your brain all the time. And, you know, kind of whispering for you to tempt you away from whatever whatever the good things are in your life. And so that's what it is about lyrically for me. And uh, sonically, it's my favorite too, because I'm such a huge bluegrass fan. And so that's my bluegrass folk influence song where we got to have like, you know, beautiful banjo and mandolin on it. And it was, it turned out with such a beautiful kind of sound to it. It just, it feels really, it feels like my favorite song for sure. Well, I've been speaking with Orville Peck about his new album called Bronco. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Talk to you soon. Blue child, repeat it in your head. Young man, fill yourself with dread. Come home. Mountain said to begin another end. It don't feel right to see you, friend. And wouldn't it be nice if I could sleep in my own bed? The Hexy Mountain said. That was Sound and Vision. Please take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast, and consider giving a one-time $20 donation to help support this show at kexp.org/sound. Thanks for listening.